You may also know that Alberta's energy industry, the oil sands particularly, are producing more than ever before, right? And profits are soaring and revenues are way up. So um, both things can't necessarily be true. And how you square that circle is entirely up to you. But one thing we do know for sure is all that extra revenue, all those profits that we hear about, it's not making a huge difference to us here in Alberta, at least not yet. So let's try and find out why. We're going to chat with uh, Charles St. Arnaud, who is a chief economist with Alberta Central. Uh, Cheryl, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Good morning, Shay. So when we talk about this, I mean, the oil industry in Alberta, of course, a boom and bust business. We know that. Um, these are decidedly boom times once again, right? Things are going very well in the oil patch. Well, I think it's how you describe the boom that's the difference is that, yes, we've had, we're reaching record levels of revenues in, uh, in, in terms of value of production. We've been producing since the beginning of the year for about $12 billion per month. As a comparison in 2014, in the previous boom, the maximum we produced in a month was $7.7 billion. So it's a big difference in terms of the value. Yet, we're not really feeling the impact on the broader economy. I don't think the economy feel as effervescent as it was back in the mid-2010s. No, you're right. There's a very, very different feeling. So w- when we see these massive revenues, like you say, larger than we've ever seen, um, what, what, where, where is it going? Where is that money ending up right now? Well, I think in one part is there's a greater share of those revenues that are being returned to shareholders, both in terms of uh, dividends and share buybacks. So to give some numbers, uh, right now, uh, oil producers are returning about 10% of their revenue. So roughly the, the, the producers I was looking at, it's about $20 billion that they returned to their uh, shareholders last year, over the past year. The same producers in 2014 were returning 4% of their revenue, so about $4.5 billion. So it's almost four times more that they're returning to shareholders right now. And those shareholders are not based here in Alberta. Actually, uh, 75% of those shareholders on average are actually foreigners. So to, it actually, in some ways, explains what you were, we were talking about earlier about the Canadian dollar. Usually, a Canadian dollar appreciate with higher oil prices, mm-hmm. but they did it in the same magnitude because, well, it's money in and money out. So the money doesn't stay in the country, so the dollar doesn't appreciate. Um, the reasons for that, and I'm sure there are many, when we take a look at why it's not being reinvested and why there isn't expansion and all the things that people have been talking about, what's going on? Well, Obviously, there's also the fact that you can see that uh, the share of revenues being reinvested in their operation is much smaller than yeah. it was back in 2010. So right now, they're reinvesting about 7% of their revenues. In 2014, it was 25% of their revenue. So that means that you probably have so it's a much smaller share that of what is being returned. But also what's important is the type of investment that's being done is also different and has a very different uh, economic spillover to the or uh, spillover to the rest of the economy, and what I mean by that is that in the mid 2000s or even the previous boom like in the, in the 2000s is that oil demand was strong, prices were were high, producers wanted to increase production at all costs, so mm-hmm. they were developing new uh, projects, starting new oil sand mines, which use a lot of capital early in the process. It takes tens of billions of dollars at the start of the project to build the mine. So you need to hire workers to clear the land, build the roads, build infrastructure, get the machinery. 
So there's a lot of other sectors from construction to manufacturers that are actually getting some, um, that are being pulled higher from uh, those investments. But right now, the investment we're seeing is efficiency gains. How can we squeeze uh, more oil at lower cost? How can we uh, produce the same barrel of oil with a much smaller carbon footprint? Because that's what will matter in the future. It's not increasing produ- production because every forecast of global oil uh, demand you can look at, they all seem to say early 2030 will peak in terms of oil demand and we'll start to see global demand declining. So there's not that need for the big increase in production. So those efficiency gains are what will uh, allow those uh, producers to be viable in the long term. So it's not, I mean, I was going to ask, sometimes these kinds of actions are temporary in order to, you know, sort of improve the bottom line and then they'll start considering more expense. But you're saying this is sort of the pattern that we should expect to continue, just given on where we are in terms of global demand and all the rest and where we're headed. Yes. Like, I'm not saying that it's, it's, a, per, it's a permanent shift. It's that we know there'll be less demand from oil in the, in the latter half of, 20, of 2030 and beyond. So there's no need to increase production, but there will still be a need for, for oil. Yeah. But the person who will be supplying that oil or the company that will supply that oil will be the most efficient, and that's where the investment money is going to. Okay. Uh, the situation in Europe, does that play into this at all? I mean, that seems to be a factor, when, especially when it comes to energy in our world right now. Uh, does that affect any decision-making here? I think there's it, there's two ways of of seeing it. One is that it created a, a big surge in demand for uh, energy, a Canadian energy in the very short term because we we can uh, we have the capacity to increase production. We don't necessarily have the infrastructure to do it. Yeah. So that's where it kind of positive in the short term. But in the long term, producers or countries in Europe are not seeing or are seeing uh, the issue with or the kind of energy crisis that they're seeing as a way to, well, the way to solve it in the long term is to reduce their dependence on foreign energy. So they're increasing, and you see it with decision from various governments, they're increasing domestically produced energy. I think the big, big example has been the gradual turnaround in Germany to keep a nuclear power plant open longer, and more and more discussion of restarting other ones. We have the same discussion in France. So actually, the war in Ukraine may actually accelerate some of the transition away from fossil fuel. Well, we've heard that talk from a number of leaders, yeah. Uh, Very interesting discussion, Charles. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.